today. Oh, that's fun. That's uh-huh. fun. Well, my child has stolen my podcasting chair and it's upstairs in her room where she has a nice desk and my chair and I am in my closet with a TV stand like a TV tray stand and a lawn chair oh keeping it classy yeah yeah well What have you been watching in these many, 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 many weeks that we have not recorded? Oh, let's see. I got a list here. Um, It's not very many, but it's enough. The one thing that I'm watching that I'm absolutely loving is Scenes from a Marriage on HBO Max. It's Jessica Chastain. It's Oscar Isaacs. Is that his name? Don't know. You know. You know the dude. He's Poe from the Star Wars movies. Yeah. Okay. I'm not good with names. Yeah, I, they are, their chemistry is fantastic. And if you are like me and you watch like all the award stuff, I think they were recently in Cannes or they might have been in Toronto at the TIFF Festival. And there's like all over the internet, it's the two of them like on the red carpet and he kisses like the inside of her arm, like, <gasps> like almost to her armpit. Like he oh. holds her arm up and he just like kisses it. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but they are both happily married to other people. So okay, well, wait. yeah, apparently they've been I'll friends. They've been friends since college. They went to theater school together. They've done actually quite a few different projects together, but I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I If I was a husband or a wife, I'd be like, hmm, that seems a little too. <laughs> but anyways, the show is about a couple. It's actually based on Ingmar, Ingmar Bergman, fancy, you know, director. He did a series back in like the 60s or 70s called Scenes for a Marriage, and it was about a man who cheats on his wife and then leaves and this whole thing and that was like huge now this one it like the very first episode they are apparently a very happy couple but they're not you can tell for right away that wife mira is anxious and she looks like any second she's about to run out the door it's like she's trapped in this marriage in this life that she does not want and she just wants to go oh these people you don't know if you hate them or you're rooting for them it's really good. I, I highly recommend it. Jessica Chastain, I love her, but I also want to punch her in the face. So there's that. Almost everything that I've been watching has been on HBO Max. Doom Patrol Season 3 is out. Doom Patrol was on my top 10 last year. The first season was phenomenal. Second season was so bad. And third season, <laughs> I'm not into it. It's just there's nothing going on. There's no... The first one, the story, like with most dramas, the, the story was fully developed. It was great. I don't think I needed any of the extra seasons, but here we are. I'm also watching, it just started, there's only one episode out so far. It's a docuseries on HBO Max. It's called Nuclear Family and is about a lesbian couple who in the very early 80s wanted to have a family. Back then, sperm banks wouldn't cater to a lesbian couple. So they decided that they would find a gay man who would give them his sperm so they could have a baby. They did it with two different men. They made a point of picking men that lived on the opposite coast from them, who they knew, but they weren't necessarily close friends with. It was just transaction. You know, that was that was all it mm-hmm. is. But over the years, they decided to let these men meet their daughters. And they purposely did two different men because they didn't want their daughters to be connected biologically through sperm donors, but they couldn't be connected biologically through their mothers. So they allow the girls to meet their sperm donors and one of the guys falls in love with his daughter. Like, 
this is his daughter. He wants to be with her. And he sues for custody. It's crazy. And the only other thing I watched was the other two. It was a series on uh, Comedy Central. It was out for one season on Comedy Central. And then the second season they put to HBO Max. And it's about a actor and his sister whose little brother is like a Justin Bieber type. So he's super popular and famous and they aren't. They're the other two. So it's funny. It's comedy. Cool. Well, I have not really watched that much because, God, all the weeks and days run together. But I don't know if my son had COVID the last time we recorded. I don't think so, he did. I don't think he did. Yeah. So he got COVID. And so we had a whole nother quarantine experience. So much fun. But I can't watch very much when he is up my butt all day long. Anyway, I have been watching Only Murders in the Building, which I know you've been watching too, and it is so good. There are so many nods to the true crime world. I I just love it so much. And Tina Fey is amazing. Also, I've been watching, well, uh, American Horror Story, like, split their season into two different stories. So I watched the end of red tide which i hated right I, I, I yeah we've already talked about this we hated it awful and i've watched the first episode of the new part which shit i can't even remember is it like new it's part. like take us to your leader or something something alien it's something yeah alien something. i don't know but i i i don't know i'm not into it yet we'll see it was just the first episode but there's only what four of these I don't know. I'm sure they'll wrap in the first one because that's what the old, all the promos yes. are is they're going to wrap it in together. But right. I don't know. We had talked not on here that I'm sorry, Mr. Ryan Murphy, you've already done this season. It was called Hotel and that one was mm-hmm. horrible. So why mm-hmm. do we need to do it again? Because that's where yep. we're at with the red tide. It was and, awful. Yeah. And then this one feels very, what was the insane asylum one? Asylum. Oh, yeah. Asylum. Oh, yeah. Feels, asylum. <laughs> yeah, it feels very yes. it feels very asylum. It feels it like it's got that I don't know. We'll see what happens. I think it's dumb. Yeah. Even and then even the American horror stories, I like those, but there's a lot of stunt casting in that and there's a lot of stunt casting in this one and it's we don't need that much Kaya Gerber. We just don't. No. Well, and I thought there were some amazing actors and actresses in American Horror Stories. Yeah. These two? What? Okay. It's such a, such a misuse of Sarah Paulson and such a misuse of Lily yes. Gray. Oh, my so. God. Agreed. Agreed. A thousand percent. Okay. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to That So Original Podcast. And we're sorry, but we lied to you. Oh, we are the worst. <laughs> we lied to you. We are not doing Truth Seekers on Amazon. Maybe one day, but not today. Ha ha, me Yeah, sorry if you went and watched it, but I don't know. It seemed like it was going to be a fun show, so you're welcome. But what we are doing, and I watched the first episode, and as soon as I finished it, I messaged Tiffany. I was like, oh, my God, I just finished this. I think we should do this for the show. We are doing Midnight Mass on Netflix. And so far, I have watched the first episode three times. I watched it by myself once, and then I watched it taking notes, and then I convinced my husband Tweed to watch it. And so there you go. 
I'll be watching it the third for my third time this evening because my kids want to watch it. And I watched it by myself. I watched it to take notes. So this will be the third time. And we will watch the next episode as well. I told them we could watch the first two. And then I will take notes on it later. So Yeah, we'll see if I can convince Twee to continue and watch the second one tonight. And then I'll have to go back and take notes. So I will have watched that one three times as well. But it's fine because so far I'm totally into it. So this is directed by Mike Flanagan, who also directed The Haunting of Hill House and The Haunting of Bly Manor, but he has said this is not supposed to be like a third installment in that. It's it's a totally different thing. But if you liked The Haunting of Hill House, if you liked Bly Manor... But it's that same stable of actors and actresses from those shows. So if you liked those actors, they brought them back for this kind kind of deal. And it's spooky and weird and there's lots of creepy things in the background. So Yes. Yes. And okay, this is episode one, book one, Genesis is what it's called. We open on a car accident scene and there's a really creepy song. Like it's not a creepy song. But overlaid on the scene, it makes it very creepy. I didn't look up what it is, but to set the ambiance, it's like this really chill song, but the scene is just horrific. It's obvious that this one car has crossed the center line and hit another car head on. There's a girl laying on the road where there are some EMTs doing CPR. And then there's a man sitting on the side of the road, and he's watching this whole thing. This guy is played by Zach Guilford, and apparently he was in Friday Night Lights. Mm-hmm. He was the but, paralyzed guy in Friday Night Lights. Okay, I never watched that. I've heard it. It's wonderful. But he just has a few cuts on his face. Another EMT walks up to him, and he asks the EMT if she's going to be okay. He's obviously drunk. He's kind of slurring his words. And anybody looking at this girl knows she's probably not going to be okay. Just then, as he asks, he sees the EMTs who were working on this girl stop CPR, and he starts to pray. The EMT tells him, while you're at it, ask God why he always takes the kids while the drunk fucks walk away with scratches. The camera zooms in on the girl's face and the strobing of the ambulance lights reflects in all the glass that is around her face and head. And that's going to come back later. Cut to court. We see the same guy. He is taking a plea deal to serve four to ten years. And he has to pay over $100,000 in restitution to the family who is sitting there. And they have their signs and they're devastated. Behind him on his side of the court, there's only two people and we're gonna assume this is probably his mom and dad and cut to him sitting in the cell and I was like how did he manage to get a cell all to himself I have the same thing in my notes that's pretty nice and he opens a letter from his mom that has a bunch of pictures inside and there's a bible when it's lights out he lays down he tries to sleep and the camera does this thing where it tilts 90 degrees And then he sees the dead girl standing in front of him and the lights are strobing on her face and it kind of cuts between him and the bed and her and I don't know. I'm sure like it was supposed to be scary, but I was like, this is dumb. Some things that I noticed is that the car accident, it's a fancy sports car with a Jesus fish on the back against a VW bug. And her name is Tara Beth. All the parents are holding signs that say in memory of Tara Beth and Riley's man... His name is Riley. His parents are Henry Thomas, who is Elliot from E.T. and the dad from Hill House. And his mother, 
who is, um, you can tell from first look, is a much younger actress in very heavy makeup to make her look mm. older. And then when he's looking at his pictures, he sees pictures of him when he's younger with a very young Kate Seagal, who is Theo from Hill House. And if you haven't watched the movie Hush, what the fuck are you waiting for? Because go watch that shit, if you, especially if you like horror movies, because she is a phenomenal in that. I don't know if it was important. I wrote down the Bible verse that his mother had put in the front of the Bible. It's Genesis 39, 21. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And I was like, oh, okay. And I thought it was a nice touch that it was so loud in prison. You could hear all these guys. And then when the camera tilted, it immediately went silent. And all you could mm-hmm. see was the mangled Tara Beth. So... Anyway, we cut to four years later and we get all these nice shots of this island and it says Crockett Island, population 127. I had to go back and look at that like three times because I stopped paying attention each time. The mom uh, is on the phone and she's telling Riley to get to the dock by nine or he's going to miss the ferry and there's only two nowadays so you know you got to get there. Meanwhile, dad is unamused and he's not paying attention to her on the phone. He's putting on a record and he's coughing and she's like... She's like, do you want to say hi? And he immediately goes out the door for a cigarette. Then uh, this boy comes out, and he's a boy from some of Riley's pictures in the prison. It's his younger brother, Warren, who's now 16. And he tells mom, I'm going with Uker, which the fuck name is Uker. And that he's going out, he's going to meet Uker. His mom tells him that Miss Keene told me that Uker's been up to no good in the uppers. So he needs to be good, and he needs to be home by curfew. And for Jesus' sake, Warren, no drinking. And she gives him the sign of the cross. And Warren's like, no, I'm, I'm good. And we get all these nice scenes of the town as Warren takes off on his bike doing sweet tricks. And he rides past Theo from Hill House, who is on her porch reading a book called Expecting Better. So apparently she's expecting. Mm-hmm. And she gives a little wave. And then we get a tons of shots. And it's supposed to be like we're learning that this is a rundown fishing village. Mm-hmm. And it's isolated. It's a place of good, hardworking, God-loving people. And then we get a flash to the church. It says St. Patrick's Catholic Church. And there's a sign that says, Welcome back, Monsignor Pruitt. Did you know that it said MSGR Pruitt? And I thought it said Messenger Pruitt. And I was like, Oh my God. Who's a messenger? And then I figured out later that it's Monsignor. Because not a Catholic. So Warren rides his bike down to the dock. And he's staring at the ferry, which has just come in. And there's a guy like unloading this huge trunk off the ferry. And immediately here comes this kid with curly hair, and apparently this is Uker. Warren tells him that he needs to be careful because his mom heard that he's been up to no good in the uppers. And he says, oh, from her lips to God's ears or from her lips to my ass. So then another boy rides up and Uker's like, oh man, you invited Aladdin. And apparently this kid's name is Ali. So they are watching some big dude and waiters get off the boat, and apparently they are going to make a deal for some pot. This guy's going to sell him some pot. The guy with the giant trunk is watching all this out of the corner of his eye, and we find out the waiters, the guy in the waiters is named Bowl. I don't, that's his name, Bowl, maybe because he likes to smoke a lot of bowls. I don't know. I think so. But he says he doesn't want to make a deal with the boys because Allie's dad is the sheriff, and he might be a narc in this mall, but he might be a setup. And he's like, well, fuck my dad. Is that, is that what you want to hear? Fuck my dad. So they get on their bikes and ride off with their pot and they stop and Warren wants to say hi to Lisa, who's sitting on her porch. And Uker's like, hey, we're going on a trip. You want to come? 
And she's like, thanks, I prefer not to smell like cat shit. And I was like, wow, this must be some skunk weed if it smells like cat shit. I know, that's exactly, I didn't get it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then her very disapproving mom, who is also wearing a bunch of old lady makeup, comes out and says, it's time for dinner. And we see Lisa is in a wheelchair and she goes wheeling back into her house. So I looked this up to see if Crocodile Island was a real place and it is not. And I think the overhead shots, they're either just some random island or they're digitally created because it's not it's not a real place they actually filmed it at a place called gary point park in richmond british columbia so i was wondering if it was supposed to be east coast west coast i was assuming east coast but east coast supposedly this island is off the coast of maine okay that makes sense but yeah it's, it's not actually a real place and i said when the mom her name is annie we find out later i said this is the worst old lady makeup i have seen since leah thompson in back to the future Oh, it's, it's, terrible. it's terrible. I think this is worse. I really do. Uh, I, oh, I don't know. I think you need to go back and look. It is so bad. Okay, so we're now in a house. This is the rectory, but you don't really know that right now. And someone is dragging in that huge trunk from the ferry. You can't see the person's face, but it's obvious it's a younger person. And he kneels beside this trunk and bangs twice on the top. And then a few seconds later, someone, something, bangs twice from the inside. And whoever this is unlocks the chest. But that's all we see for now. So cut to the Miss Greens riding their bikes. Suddenly it's dark. It was like a few minutes ago. It was the middle of the day. Now it's 9 o'clock at night. They are riding their bikes to a rowboat, and they row to the Uppards. So what I'm assuming the Uppards are are just a really small offshoot island, like right offshore of this main island. But this place is overrun with stray cats. I was like, this place is my personal hell. I said, it's my dream. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and we, that, we are two different people. So... I called him Curly in my notes, but we can call him Uger because he's got this crazy curly hair. So Uger notices something huge fly over them, but neither of the other boys see it. They're just talking about, what do you think the cats here eat? And Uger says, well, they obviously eat the bodies of the people buried in the yards of these abandoned places. Because these bodies, they float up when it storms. And Warren's like, bullshit. He's like, the bodies are nothing but bones by now because they're hundreds of years old. And he knows this because all the shit from the uppers washes on to the West Bank, which is the shore by where he lives. And he has to clean it up. Remember that, okay? So they're sitting around smoking and drinking, except for Warren. Warren doesn't drink. Talking about the legend of Harpoon Harry and seeing Uker's brother have sex with some girl when he followed him to the island years ago. Warren shines his flashlight around and it reflects on the eyes of something that are too far up to be cat eyes. Scares the shit out of him, but they eventually shrug it off. I mean, he is smoking pot. Did you catch that Uker says, I lead in cat shit. (laughs) And that's why Lisa says the cat shit part. So the next day we see the breeze, which is one of the fairies coming into port. And the mom, Annie, is waiting for Riley. She's so happy to see him. She's just like, oh my God. She immediately wants to feed him. She's so much like a mom. And he wants to know where his dad and Warren are. And mom tells him they're on the boat. They can't afford to miss a shift. They pass by this weird looking lady in a beret and a long braid and she matter of factly marches up to the ferry and she is asking 
this guy that works on the ferry, if he has seen Monsignor Pruitt. It's this, this guy's name is Sturge. And Sturge says he didn't see him, but maybe he got off the boat before he noticed. She's insistent he was supposed to be on this one. She said when they talked. So I'm assuming they talked very recently, right? I don't know. So I thought that was weird. There's only the two ferries and they run the two different times a day. He could have said two weeks ago, I'm going to be back on the 5th and I will be on the breeze. True. Okay. So, I mean, I'm. it's hard to say. I gotcha. It's what I was kind of, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't think into it that much, but I got, that's what I'm saying. So we're at an ultrasound. I don't know if they said her name yet, but I'm just going to go ahead with it. The woman getting the ultrasound, whose name is Erin Green, Theo from Hill House. The, the wand ultrasound doctor lady is Doc Sarah. Doc Sarah is Annabeth Gish, who we love. Shag forever. Yes. Pudge. Love Pudge. But, um... Myrtle Beach. Sorry, I have to say. Okay. <laughs> oh, you need to play her. You would be really good as her. Um, it's not just the red hair thing. It's it's you, that would be great. Oh my god, my friends always were like, "You're I can't." What's her name? I don't Melina? remember. No, Melina's no, the blonde. Melina's the awful I, one. But yeah, Bridget Fonda. Oh yes. Oh my god, everybody would be like, "You're such a whatever her name is." I'm like, yeah. I kind of was though. Anyways. Excuse our 90s references, <laughs> but apparently Erin is 20 leaks long, but she's barely showing. So good for you, Erin. I don't know how you're doing that. And they're looking at the ultrasound and she says, and there's the little foot and Erin says, hi, little foot. And she, everything's looking fine. She does say that she wants her to keep an eye on the fact that there, she saw a little blood, a pocket of blood in there, but it's probably nothing. Just keep an eye on it. Just want, she wanted to know she was spotting. She's fine. Should be fine. And they look, happen to look out the window, and they see Riley is walking home with his mom. And Doc Sarah says, oh, that poor woman, about Riley's mother. And meanwhile, Sarah's mom just storms in, and it is the worst youth. Okay. <laughs> I see your Back to the Future 2, okay, and I raise right. you this lady. Worst makeup Terrible. job I've ever seen. You can tell that this woman is like 12, and she's dressed up like an old lady, and she's yelling, Peggy! Peggy, that you, Peggy? And I was like, you couldn't find a real old lady for this part? You're like, they're not, like, they're, there's no, they're out there by the dozens. You could find one. Uh, apparently, Peggy was Aaron's mother. And she says, no, no, this is Aaron, Peggy's daughter. So Riley and mom are on their walk through town. I don't think there's any vehicles in this town. I think this, if you're from my, no. my neck of the wood, this is very um, Mackinac Island where there's no vehicles allowed. So they are walking through town to get home, and they walk past this giant King Corso dog is laying on a porch being fed by the sheriff. The sheriff is... Owen. Oh, is yeah, the chef guy from mm-hmm. A Blind Manor. Yep. Mom tells him, she's like, I'll be in later, I switch my shift. And sheriff just kind of watches them suspiciously, and then he goes into the general store where his sheriff's office is located in the back. Slash jail. <laughs> Next to the mops and everything else. You open the door and there's a jail. So it's, a, it's your one-stop shop. Mm-hmm. So he says, uh, so I don't know if she does she work at the jail or she work at the general store. We don't know. It's unclear. We don't know. And he walks in and he says, rise and shine, Joe, and wakes up this drunk guy in the cell. And the guy wakes up and says, what did you do to me, Sharif? And I was like, wow, this is some clever writing. Because he's like, it's Sheriff. Because the Sheriff is, I, I don't know what his ethnicity is. They they don't really say. But there there's the whole thing with calling the kid Aladdin. And then he's a darker skinned man. I don't, everything about this is, sounds awful. And I don't want to walk down that path. But anyways, this is Allie's dad, who is the sheriff, but obviously they are making a joke again, like calling him Aladdin. He's calling him Sharif. 
And he says, I thought this is where you wanted to be. You were trying to break in after all, hacking at the store with an oar. And the drunk guy's like, yeah, whatever. And he's like, well, you were pretty insistent you were being followed by a giant albatross. Wings as big as lawn chairs, you said. And the drunk guy, his name is Joe, is says, well, that's the thing right there. Albatross is bad luck. You'd know that if you were a fisherman. So he lets him out of the cell. He was pretty much just locking him up to, to sleep it off because whatever. He goes outside. He's not the, even locked. He yeah. just blings the door open. He goes out and obviously the big dog is his. And the dog is barking at this Miss Keen with the beret. And she says the dog snapped at her. And Joe says, no, he's just barking and he sounds mean, but it's just because he's big. He's just a real sweetheart. And she insists he would have bit my hand if I had reached out. Well, keep your hands to yourself there, Miss Keen. He would have been just right, fine. Bitch. Joe calls her a meanie and <laughs> tells the dog to ignore her. And then he tells the sheriff, sorry for the hassle. I'm sure it's not what you pictured when you took this job dealing with me all the time. And he's like, it might bother me if I gave you much thought. And I was like, oh, burn. So Joe and Buddy, the dog, question mark, leave. And I immediately assume Joe will die first because all the knowing drunks always do. So (laughs) That's so true. Sorry, Um. Joe. I hope somebody takes care of your dog. (laughs) Oh, have you seen episode two yet? No, I have not. Okay, I'm going to shut up. All right. Finally, after the longest walk ever across this tiny little island, Annie and Riley make it back to the house. And she's telling Riley about how there was a big diesel spill a few years ago, and now they can only fish and crab or whatever. They are out there catching on certain days and in certain spots and in limited amounts. And she's also telling him how many people have left the island since he's been gone. She says, this isn't a community anymore. It's a ghost. So we are now in a classroom with the sheriff and who we later find out is the mayor and a bunch of people from the town. They're talking about a big storm that's going to hit the following night. They're talking about power outages and fuel supplies and shelters. And the sheriff is like, well, we could use the school as a shelter. And Beverly, Miss Keene, Bray Lady, is like, whoa, 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 whoa. The church is always the shelter and you're new, so you wouldn't know that. But yeah, and he's like okay, well, we can tell people that if they need shelter, they should head to the church because they also have this new rec center that they built too. And she's like, I'm like, well, I mean, they already know that, but okay. And he's like, everybody in the room is rolling their eyes at this Miss King. Over at the Flint house now, it's dinner time. It's a very awkward dinner time talking about AA meetings. How fun. Then they're talking about Warren's day at school and he mentions Miss Green and Riley's like, oh, that old bird's still there. And he's like, no, not the old Miss Green. She died last year. This is her daughter, Erin. And we know that they know each other because we saw the picture at the beginning from the letter from mom. Apparently, she ran away for a while, but she has recently moved back. Then they talk about going to church the next day. And Riley's like, uh, well, I wasn't planning on going. Church isn't for me anymore. And his dad's like, silverware on the plate pissed off and his mom's like uh yeah you are riley you're totally going to church and his dad looks like he's getting ready to explode then they start talking about the monsignor and about this trip that he's been on the church donated money to send him to the holy land he's like 80 years old and they said before you know he can't do it any longer they wanted to send him on this trip 
then they're joking about how he's kind of losing it. He's holding up the host three times and Warren is an altar boy and Warren's joking about how they're basically walking him around the altar and how people have seen him wandering around the island at midnight at the marina and the docks and they're laughing about how the chicks dig a guy in uniform about the altar boy get up and that is the last straw for Papa. You could joke about Monsignor and you could joke about the host but don't you joke about being an altar boy. Not happening. You are going to church tomorrow and every Sunday. I don't care if it's not for you. I don't care if you don't feel it. And he grabs his plate and he marches off which the kitchen is like literally right there so i don't know where i love he says you can consider it a condition of your parole you have to go to church if it comes back later is that they would find monsignor wandering on the island in his long coat and his fedora because you you couldn't miss him that's he's the only guy that walks around like that so we are outside the church and miss keen is fixing the the letter sign out front, and she's using fours as A's because, you know, what the hell? The kid's probably stealing right asshole on stuff. I don't know. <laughs> and so when she notices that there's smoke coming from the chimney at the Monsignor's at the rectory. So she pounds on the door, and she's like, Monsignor, oh, thank goodness you're here. And he's pounds, 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 and he doesn't answer the door. So she uses her key because she's assuming this old man is in there, and he's either falling asleep or... Maybe he's falling in the tub. I don't he's know. He's falling and he can't get up. Yeah. So she starts walking in. And she's just chatting the whole way. She's picking up. There's like uh, travel bags all over the floor. She's just picking them up and tossing them around. And she's telling how she's so happy he's back because he was supposed to be on the ferry. And it made her look so silly standing there on the dock like some jilted prom date. And, oh, you will not believe the new sheriff, Omar Sharif or whatever his name is. And I was like, racist. Mm. And that's when she notices the giant trunk. And she goes over to it, and she grabs one of the straps, and I was like, open it, open it, open it. (laughs) And a big shadow appears in the hall, and she says, oh. And then next scene. And I said, this is when my kids cry. Because we see an orange cat walking along a path in the uppers, and it looks just like our biddle cat. This cat's walking along the path, and then it stumbles along across a dead cat. And it's sniffing at this dead cat when all of a sudden... Orange cat gets snatched up and you hear squelching sounds, according to my closed captioning. Yikes. Holy crap. So that's fun. (laughs) That night, um, Riley is sitting on the edge of his bed. He's getting ready for bed when his dad comes in and explains, listen, your mother has been going to church every day since your accident praying for you. Ever since the accident, all four years you were in jail, every day. And Riley says, I know, I'll I'll apologize. And dad says, what you're going to do? Is your you should sit back during communion since you probably haven't been to confession in four years, and you sitting back will upset your mother, but it wouldn't be respectful if you were to take the sacrament. So you're not going to do that. You're just going to go to church. You're not going to take communion. You're just going to sit there. So Riley's like, "Cool, I can do that." Dad gives him like goes in for a hug, handshake, and it's awkward, and just kind of slaps him and says, "Good night." Very weird. Okay, I can do. Yeah, keep going. I can do everything. You can do better. <laughs> it's not right. I don't care. So then a hymn starts playing. This is like it's. I think it's over this. This whole section is that there's a hymn playing. Mm-hmm. Allie and his dad are praying before Allie goes to bed. So they have their prayer rugs out and they're praying. Um, and then they get up and fold out the rugs. And Dad says, "No phone." And I can hear you when you text. So no phone. And then he tells him to kiss his mother, and he turns and he picks up a framed picture of his mother and kisses her. So, that I, was so sweet. I know. So I don't know if she's dead. I don't know if she's in another or she's country. Gone in another country. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what. I don't know. There's. It's not clear. 
And then he shuts the door and he's immediately on his phone. You hear his dad say, 10 minutes. That's all you have. Then I take the phone away. <laughs> so it's nighttime. So we're, everybody's getting you know ready for bed. And we're at Dr. Sarah's house and her mother is confused and she's trying to go upstairs to bed. And what she explained in the earlier scene is that either she moved in with her mother or her mother moved in with her or she, I think she moved in with her mother. It must do. be the mother yeah. because she talks about her. Her room is Yeah, she, her mother's room used to be upstairs, but she's moved her bedroom downstairs because her mother can't do the stairs anymore. So her mother's all very confused. So Sarah brings her back down and they sit in the bed and they kind of lean their heads together. Riley is looking out the window and he sees Warren sneak out and he gives him a wave like, all right, have fun, buddy. <laughs> have fun, yeah. This little section here I thought was brilliant. Riley's laying down for the night and the imagery is just great. Because it's very clear he's in a new prison. Like, this is prison, a whole different prison for him. Mm-hmm. He's in the single twin bed. He's in, he lays down asleep. And once again, the frame tilts. And he's staring at the mutilated Tara Bath. And it's obvious that it's he's, he's in a dream. Because he's seen her face with the, the, the light flashing on the glass and embedded in her face. Then he dreams he's alone in a canoe in the middle of the water and like he looks terrified sitting in the middle of the water and then it flashes to the inside of the church but the walls of the church are all covered in blood and then we're on to the next scene and it's the next morning the dad and warren are getting the boat ready for the storm they say the whole red sky at night sailors delight red sky morn sailors take morn over at the church now warren and uker are getting the stuff ready for the mass and talking about the storm. The door opens and a priest walks in, but it's not Monsignor Pruitt. Inside the sanctuary, everybody is sitting down and getting ready for church to start. Riley and Aaron make some awkward eye contact. Everybody stands to sing the opening hymn, and they're all shocked when they see this new, younger priest walk in. This is such a Catholic thing. We get very attached to our priests. It's like unhealthily attached to I almost left like I was like well I'm done being a Catholic when our old priest left because that's how devastated I was anyway this guy is like hi I'm Father Paul Hill I'm filling in for Monsignor for a few weeks he got sick during his trip he's in the hospital on the mainland but no worries this is just temporary he'll be fine you're not getting a new priest so church goes on as normal and when everybody gets up for communion Riley's mom is so confused as to why he's staying sitting in the pew. After church, Beverly is telling everybody how important she is and about how she and the new priest have talked so much. They just had so many conversations. They're BFFs now. Father Paul is greeting everyone outside, as the priests do, and everyone's welcoming him to, they call this island the Crock-Pot. And the Flynn's come out, and Father is like, oh, hey, you you didn't get up for communion. Why is that? Huh, huh, huh? And Riley says, well, I'm not exactly in a state of grace right now. And Father Paul says, great. Turns out I'm not much used to people who are. Neither was Jesus. He loved to fuck up. Riley keeps walking out through the yard of the church, and he meets up with Aaron and offers to walk her home. She's like, okay. They talk about where she was when she ran away. She says she was kind of all over, but ended up in upstate New York. And he says, oh, I guess that because... Apparently, she loves covered bridges, and we all know those are only in upstate New York. And he's telling her that he was working in stocks and startups, and he was making a lot of money, but, you know, then he ruined it all. She tells him she was married, but it's over. They talk about how she's pregnant. He tells her about prison and how he 
threw away his Bible the first night and he tried to find God in a bunch of different other religions. And through the process, he totally lost his faith in God and became an atheist. So I know that she calls her baby Littlefoot because when they were doing the ultrasound, the Dr. Sarah was trying to measure his foot and it was kicking a little and she says and there's his little foot and so she calls him little foot and I thought that was adorable and I don't know if it's a him I'm just saying him it could be her I don't know I freaking love when they come out of the church and Lisa's parents the dad is the mayor and that he says to the priest welcome to the crock pot we are a melting pot and the mom says or a pinata a variety of different flavors <laughs> that just keep getting pummeled with some huge awful stick. And everything's fine. It's great. <laughs> we love it here, Father. <laughs> it's awesome. <sighs> okay. Anyway, I just love them. I love that. So after services, Miss um, Keene is talking to Father. Is there anything else you need? Can I do anything for you? And he's like, nope, I'm, I think I'm good. She's like, I do have a question, you know, about your robes. I see you're wearing the gold instead of the green Chasable. I think I said the word right. And Chasable, yep. And she says, the gold is for feast days. And I was like, I feel like that's important. Feast days. Because she says, we're in the seventh Sunday of ordinary time. You should have been in the green. And he says, well, you know, I couldn't find it. Maybe the Monsignor stored it somewhere crazy before he left. Because we all know he was crazy. And she says, well, I can order you more. You just let me know. And he's like, it's fine. I'm sure it'll turn up. And I was like, mm, you're creepy. I think you're still creepy. So Riley and Aaron are still walking because we all know that it's like 15 miles to Riley's house. I guess. And I don't know how far Aaron lives away, but they're still walking <laughs> on this this island that's seriously a half a block long. But okay. Right. <laughs> and he says to her, it must be weird living in your mom's house. And she's like, better than when she was here. So you're home too. It's got to be weird. Tiny room, tiny twin bed. He's like, well, it's something I'm used to. <laughs> Just got a prison. I don't know if you heard. <laughs> so he's like, why did you come back here? You came back here on purpose. Like... Why? I don't want to be here. You ran away. So, like, why the fuck are you here? And she just says, how are you, Riley? How are you? And I was like, wow. How are you? Okay, deflect much. And he's, yeah, really. And he's like, I don't know. That's the whole thing. I have no idea. He's like, in prison, there was a schedule. It was regimented. Here, I'm just existing. He's like, I don't have a job. I don't have any prospects. I have no purpose. I'm just living. And that's the worst part. I shouldn't be alive. And she's like, you know what? Ride out the storm tonight and then you'll see what tomorrow's about and find another project. And she's like, I'm sorry for what you've been through. And she goes inside and he's like, well, that wasn't fucking helpful. Thanks. <laughs> I said her face looks like she was sorry she asked. <laughs> and he's like, okay, thanks for nothing. Because he goes on. That's so weird, though. They do that in TV shows all the time where they they just walk away from the conversation. There's no, like... Bye, I'll, you know, I'll see you around, or maybe I'll catch you tomorrow. It's just like, I'm really sorry for what you've been through. And then she turns around and goes in the house. She's just like, conversation over, okay? Yeah, how do you do that in real life? Because I'm always like, I grabbing know, that door, grabbing oh that door handle like, oh, god damn it, stop talking. Oh, my God, yes. Can I just start doing that? Can I just be like, yeah, uh-huh. And just shut the door. Let, gone. I'm out. Oh my gosh. I did an interview the other night that should have been 15 minutes and it was over an hour. <laughs> I do not have that yeah. skill. Please teach me yes. your ways. Please, Aaron. 
So the storm is coming in and we can see how everyone is kind of preparing. Sturge or Surge, whatever the hell his name is, is locking up the fuel. The Flins are putting plywood over their sliding glass doors. And I was like, sliding glass doors on, a, on an island like that seems like a bad idea, but you know, right. yeah. whatevs. Erin is getting all the candles around. There are so many candles. She's got like, they're on plates. She's got tons of them. <laughs> Father Paul is reading the Bible and his trunk is wide open, and something is glowing inside. It looks like a big pile of dirt, but it's glowing. I don't know. It's glowing. Mm. And then all of a sudden, lightning and thunder, and the lights go out. Doc Sarah's mother is flipping out because, the you know, the power went out and it's storming. Riley is looking out his window, and he notices a man in a fedora and a long coat on the beach. And he's like, okay, well, that's the Monsignor. What the hell is he doing out here? He thinks it's one, he's, you know, having one of his spells. He's being crazy. So he goes, tells his family, he's out there. I, I saw him. He's, you know, somebody's got to go help him. So he goes running outside after him and he's yelling, Monsignor, father, wait. But the figure sees him and takes off and all of a sudden just disappears. And Riley just keeps running. He falls on his face and he gets up and he runs some more. And then he's like, oh, fuck it. And turns out and goes back home. <laughs> Riley is me in every situation. <laughs> I'm just gonna go home. Uh, I'm done. I don't do no more. So the next morning, storm has blown through. There's just shit everywhere, strewn all over the place. The Flins are still trying to figure out this whole Monsignor thing, and they're trying to call, but the phones are out. So they just decide, let's just walk to the rectory and we'll check on it. They go outside and they start picking up the stuff that's been blown around. And Riley walks around the side of the house to look at the shore because there are seagulls everywhere. And they're pecking at something along the beach. They all walk over to get a closer look. And on the beach are the bodies of hundreds of dead cats that have been washed up from the uppers. And they zoom in on this one, the the little orange, orange one cat. Yeah. Yeah. And, he's, and his neck is like torn open. Something's been po- chewing on it. Mm-hmm. But the sad thing is, even though there's a hundred on that beach, you know, there's like fifteen hundred more up on that island. You yes. know, there's like so many more. <laughs> cats are like rabbits. Uh huh. Yeah, they have like freaking ten kittens a litter. They're gonna be all right over there <laughs> at the upwards. But that's the end of episode one. And yeah, my thoughts so far are that I'm interested in in this i, like I have that. my theories already i have theories i do too. i have so many theories but you've watched the second episode i haven't watched the second episode but just from this i have theories about benjamin buttoning uh yeah something gonna happen i think it has to do with taking communion but if you notice like i was paying attention to it the second go around the people that aren't aged up are the sheriff riley obviously the kids aaron so all the people who just come to the island. Right. Or who don't take communion. Right. And the, oh, yeah, yeah, good point. Good point. Uh, but Aaron's taking communion now. So, um, but she is now. Yes. But then like the doctor, she was looking pretty sad. Like she looked like she had, I mean, she wasn't aged down, but she looked like she had big bags under her eyes. Her eyes were very dark. Mm-hmm. But who was the other one? Oh, but then there's Miss Keene. Is she, like, because she's doing the stuff, like, she's holding the cup and stuff during communion? I would think she'd still take communion. She's so religious. Oh, she's definitely taking communion. But if you IMDB and look at that actress. She's a lot younger, yeah. 
beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I just saw something so, that came up on BuzzFeed about, and it was like all the spoilers. I'm like, get out of my feed! Go away! I know! It's been so hard to try to avoid spoilers now because it seems like everybody's talking about it. And in like every group, they'll be like, can we talk about Midnight Mass? I'm like, no! Shut up. No. I can't. I can't. Nope. Nope. No. Nope. Nope. But I have a theory about Father Paul. Ooh. Can I? Yeah. Sh- can I throw out my... As long as it doesn't do anything from the next one. No, it doesn't. But when they were in the rectory or the church or wherever it was you know how they like were showing pictures up on the wall or maybe as they were doing like scenes around town and there was a a picture of a priest Mm -hmm. and maybe younger riley or something that was monsignor pruitt and riley right right but it looked a lot like father paul my theory is that father paul is monsignor pruitt but somehow on this trip to the Holy Land, he discovered this reverse aging thing, or I, I don't exactly know the mechanism, but I think that that's Monsignor Pruitt. I think that he brought back an angel in the oh, trunk, and that's what the big, big winged thing is, is an angel, and that's what was up in the uppers eating the cats. I'm sorry if your angels in your mind don't eat cats. Apparently they do in this one. <laughs> and I think that's and that's the glowy stuff from in the box. Like maybe he opened the box. The angel went out to go have a cat snack. And the box was just empty. And that's who's knocking on it. Like, that's all right. I'm in here. Yep, yep. Occupied hmm, okay. is what my thought is. That is an interesting... So he's sprinkling some angel dust into, like, LSD into their <laughs> into their communion, and everybody's going to get younger. I don't know. I don't know enough about angels. I was thinking, and this is a, a supernatural reference, that every angel in Supernatural has grace. And there'll be sometimes where, for, for whatever reason, they will take the grace from an angel, and it is this bright glowing light basically and you know how he says that riley says he's not in a state of grace and Mm. the father and he's like well that i'm not much used to people who are in a state of grace i think that the trunk or something that he's doing i think it's grace that he is like infusing either into the blood or the body of christ or or whatever and i don't think everybody is going to get younger i think only certain people i don't know i, I don't think know. it's I only had, people I... that's gonna do the thing but you also notice that like when uker and what's his nuts went to go fill the the cruets they were already filled yes. with liquid so yes that was very so that, yes mm, there's something he'd mm-hmm. already filled them but and then right. i think there's also the thing about like when keen walked in and there was the big shadow i thought that was very like like he was looming like there was I don't know. If you take the grace from an from an angel, do they turn bad? Are they not like a good angel anymore? Will they go eat cats? No. They just don't have any power as an angel. According to Supernatural. Hmm. Like I mean that's where I take that's where I get all my information from. So I mean I feel like it's accurate. <laughs> that's how that's literally where all my information about demons and angels come from. They just can't like perform miracles like Cass couldn't heal people anymore and he couldn't like battle people with his angel sword or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was important. I think I think the him wearing the gold thing mm-hmm. and then being feast time, I, I feel like that's a that was purposeful. Like yes. the writing in the, in these are always so good that it comes back and I think that there's hints all along in 
Yeah. I'm very interested yeah. to see what's hap- what's going to happen next because there's just so many little things. Watching these background things, I was like glued to the, like staring at it like, what do I see in the background? <laughs> okay. Well, if you have theories that you want to share with us about any and everything Midnight Mass, only episode one, don't you dare come at me with spoilers because I'm trying not to watch too far ahead either because I don't want to accidentally infuse an episode with things that I know from a future episode. So don't be that person. But if you're not that person and you just want to talk episode one stuff with us, you can do that in so many places like where, Tiffany? Well, if you want to tell us how you perfected your Irish goodbye, you know, where you just disappear from a party, <laughs> you could send that to us on Facebook at That's So Original Podcast. You could also do that on Instagram at That's So Original Podcast. You could do it on Twitter at That's So Pod. You could visit our website at That's So Original Podcast.com or send us an email at That's So Original Podcast at gmail.com. You could go follow us on Spotify. You can like and review us on iTunes. Get the word out, people. Like, I know we went through some stuff where we weren't around for a I'm couple weeks. sorry. But, like, get the word out there. I feel like we've lost our audience and we want to know you're there. Please come tell us that you're listening. Tell us that you love us. Tell us that we're pretty. Please. <sighs> we're desperate for attention, if you couldn't tell. For reals. For reals. All right. Well, I'm going to go figure out what that loud thud was. Hopefully, everybody in the house is okay. Just a body. Just a body going down the stairs. I'm sure it's fine. It's probably somebody just dragged in a huge trunk with an angel full of grace. I mean, he pulled it in, and it looked really light when he pulled it in, if you notice. So It did. Yeah, he didn't have much trouble. And can we talk about the That's Hamish link letter that is playing Father Paul Hill? I love He's great. And he's, I don't think they're married, but he has, he's in a relationship and having a bunch of children with Lily Rabe. Is that how you say her last name? From American Horror Story. love her too. Lily Rab. Rab, maybe. Misty. She's Misty. What's her name? Misty Day. Misty Day from Coven. All right. Well, I will talk to you later and we'll talk to you guys later thanks for sticking it out with us through all the bullshit we're back we promise we will be more consistent with the episodes and we'll talk to you next week about episode two bye Bye.